2: Welcome to the show. It's Thursday, and you know this is the date, the edition of the program. Hi, I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And what we do every weekday at 4 o'clock on AM 6:30, the Word, is to take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions and life questions. On Thursdays, ladies, we make you our priority. This is the day that if you need any encouragement, you have any questions, or anything that you want to talk about, Paula is here to take your questions and phone calls you need only to call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Uh, or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time for our main number, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, baby. Good to be here on a nice, sunny, warm day. This is our time of year, right?
2: This is our weather. You know it,
3: 91... I know some people don't like it, but you know God is a God who is, you know, an equal God, and so some people like winter, no
2: problem. But for me, those you, people are so wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> not judging their heart or anything. Yeah, right?
3: no, 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 that's right.
2: I just think 90s like the perfect weather for 90s.
3: My, perfect for me too. I think God put us together
2: because He knew that <laughs>
3: 90 is perfect for us.
2: Well, Paula, before I ask you what's on your heart, I've got a question that came in via our email that, that is time-sensitive and pretty important. So okay. I want to uh, get to this question. Uh, it is an anonymous question. Um, it says, uh, I have recommitted my life to God, been praying to God a lot for peace. I found a lot of scriptures in the Bible about not fearing because God is with us. Been struggling with a lot of anxiety. God gives me peace when I pray for peace when I'm going through an anxiety attack. He's answered my prayers. My regular doctor has prescribed some medication for the anxiety, but he still wants me to see a therapist. Just want to know your opinion. Should I or should I not go to see a therapist? And I respect your opinion. Been listening to you for some time now, Anonymous. Anonymous, thank you for for letting me know that you've recommitted your life to the Lord. It is the most important decision Uh, that any one of us can ever make. And it's something that we have to do on a daily basis, not to get saved again, but because we're saved so that God gives us peace. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to address here that that are very, very important. First and foremost, having fear is normal. That's the human condition. Jesus says, don't be afraid. And even when he said it all the people that he was talking to, including his disciples, who will become apostles, Even they were still afraid. So fear isn't something, or in your case, anxiety, isn't something we should expect ever to go away. What Jesus does is offers us a peace through the fear or through the anxiety. And what we have to do is sort of take our thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ. And when we do that, we know that Jesus is with us and he's our comfort in whatever the anxiety is over. So please understand, don't feel condemned because you still have anxiety. Uh, Don't feel condemned because uh, you're still afraid. That's the normal condition. I tell my church all the time, Anonymous, that I live my life every day in fear. What I don't do is let that fear stop me from doing what God has asked me to do. So it's very, very important in that sense that we understand that because we have fear, it's something that we have to deal with. And the Lord will will help you learn to deal with that fear. Now, a couple of things. One, you said that you've recommitted your life to God. I don't know if that's you've just recommitted your life to God. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord in terms of maturity. But you've got to start learning for yourself what the Bible says, what the promises of God are. One of the things I'd like to ask you to do, Anonymous, is to take Romans chapter 8 and read through it very slowly and, and highlight every promise that's made in that. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Just just those two to start. But, but in that 8th chapter of Romans, there's these wonderful promises. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the way the chapter begins. It talks about the Spirit of God and His power working in us and through us. So, He's the one that you have to rely on. And to know Jesus, you've got to turn things over to Him. To know Him, you've got to obey what you do know. But please don't misunderstand. The enemy's going to lie to you. When you have anxiety or when you're afraid, but it is a normal condition, it's what you do with that fear that counts. Now, I'm also going to preface this part of the answer uh, with, I am not a doctor, I don't know your history, um, so I'm going to give this counsel as generally as I can. I don't see any value in going to a secular therapist. Not when Jesus makes you all these wonderful promises. Anonymous, go to your pastor and talk to him. Get some counseling in the Word, not a Christian counselor, but get your counseling in the Word. Jesus is described as our wonderful counselor. And it's very, very important that you understand the world has nothing for you. In terms of therapy, God has everything for you in his therapy. The other thing that would concern me a little bit is the medication that you're on for the anxiety. Don't know how long you've been on it. Uh, you know, by saying you've recommitted your life to God, there it's clear there's a point where you started living for you again and you, you started engaging in sin. Uh, a lot of that anxiety is because of that. Turning from sin and turning to God will do far more more for you than medications can. Now, if you've been on medication for a long time, don't get off those meds without your doctor's supervision. But I am always, always, always for trying Jesus and the Holy Spirit first every day in your life. So I would say a definite no to the therapist. Uh, I would say a definite yes to really digging into the word and finding out just who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And uh, I would tell my doctor that, look, I don't want to live my life on medication. So help me get off of it. Give him a chance to witness the miracle that God wants to do in your life. So I wanted to get that to you at the top of the program uh, rather than wait till tomorrow. It seemed like a time sensitive so uh, I, I hope that helps. But but take these matters to Jesus in prayer. Take these matters to him. And learn to hear his voice. Just like he gives you peace. When you're going through an anxiety attack. He'll give you peace before they come. But don't have the false impression. That Christians aren't afraid. Or Christians don't have anxiety about things. Because we do We are Christians for sure, but we are humans. And that's the weakness in our life. So Anonymous, thank you very much for listening to the program. I pray that that gives you some direction. Okay, Paul, I took your time, so you want to just talk for the next 50 minutes?
3: (laughs) Well, I could just ramble on, but no. No, I I really appreciated that answer. Um, I was, as you were talking, um, you know, quite a few of us uh, suffer from anxiety or being nervous about something or many other things. And I remember one time you taught Psalm 40 to those who suffer with depression and stuff like that. Well, I'll just read a couple of the verses. It says, um, starting in verse one of Psalm chapter 40, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. A lot of times we when we're going through something, we think we're all alone and the only one, and we don't turn to the Lord for help. And if and when we do, sometimes we don't believe that he will be there to help us out. No, I have to have this medication. No, I have to have this alcohol or whatever it is, and instead of giving the Lord a chance. And then we never get to know who we really are in Christ because we're always kind of a zombie Um, But the second verse says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. Um, He has given me a new song to sing a hymn of praise to our God. And then it goes on to say this. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. Then they will put their trust in the Lord. But like you were saying, until we give the Lord an opportunity to show off not only for us, but through us, um, will other people be able to see his power working in us? Um, And not that I had anxiety drugs, but um, I was going through great anxiety because, you know, you were not a Christian and you were not a very nice person. And so I would begin to drink alcohol um, just to anesthetize. Anesthetize myself, um, so that I would be ready to handle um, whatever it was you were going to bring to me on those days. And so I, I can understand and empathize with this anonymous caller, um, and yet the Lord was saying, "No, I want you to put that down, and hold my hand, and follow me. Give me a chance." And I'm so glad that I did.
2: Yeah, you know, Paula, um, unbelievers need something. Uh, we know they need Jesus, but, but apart from Jesus, they want nothing to do with him. Uh, unbelievers um, need therapy. Uh, unbelievers need some sort of of um, consistency in their lives. They, they need medication to take the edge off. Um, we who are believers shouldn't need that. And we fall into the trap of believing the lies that are told to the world. Uh, it, it's like we take over for God because, well, I'm going to Instead of waiting on the Lord, like your psalm just suggested, um, I, I'm going to do what seems right to me, and we and we take matters into our own hands. And when we do that, we never get to see the power of God in our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, one one more verse here for for the uh, listener who sent that question in to me. Uh, I use this verse a lot in counseling. I use it a lot on this radio program. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. Um, no temptation and and anxiety is a temptation for you no temptation has seized me except that which is common to man and the next words are critical in that verse it says and God is faithful it doesn't say that Pastor Ron is faithful or a therapist is faithful or even that you're faithful listener and God is faithful and then it says this he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear and when you are tempted he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it, under the temptation, meaning that you can have victory over it. And Paula, I think one of the things that we find so often in our church culture is such bad teaching. You know, if you just have enough faith, you can name it and claim it and you won't have anxiety and just build your faith. And, um, you know, that's just silliness. And we fall for it, lock, stock, and barrel. So to this particular listener, um. Having recommitted your life to Christ, find Him. Mm-hmm. Find Him. He's there. His arms are open. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is a promise. And all you got to do is unburden yourself mm-hmm. and let Him take it.
3: Yeah. Remember that lady a long time ago? She came and she had like a couple of pages. Of the eight and a half by eleven, with all her medications that she took, and her, her voice sounded like this because she was on so much stuff. So she was just real shaky, and um, she's she started coming, listening to the teaching, and and she said, <clears throat> Pastor Ron, can you help me? You know, and she was afraid to come off a lot of those medications, and yet she took a chance, and man, did she ever change the the real her. And the real good her, it wasn't a spooky, scary, I'm an angry woman, you know, or I'm a a scared woman. It was her.
2: Yeah, peace. Yeah. The peace of God is available to all of us. We've made peace with God, which entitles us to the peace of God. Mm -hmm. And that only comes through him.
3: Yeah. Remember, she had gone to five different doctors and they didn't know about each other. And she had stockpiles of different medications.
2: And we, we've had a bunch of people in that, and yeah. a bunch of our people have have just kind of stepped up to the faith plate mm-hmm. and trusted the Lord with those things. And many, 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 many of them live yeah. medication-free now. Yeah. And in many cases, it was something that they never thought was possible. Yeah. Again, I'm not a doctor. If you need medications, take them. Yeah. Um, we've had questions on this program about... People who are bipolar Mm -hmm. Um, and well, well, I don't think I should take medication if I just had enough faith. No, there are chemical imbalances in the brain that need to be medicated. It sort of evens out that chemical imbalance Mm -hmm. and enables people to function. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we are committed to do everything we can to live a life. That is consistent to live a life that portrays the light of Christ, mm-hmm. and if it requires medication, do that take it i'm I'm not anti meds when people need them. What I am is anti the meds that are prescribed. you, you remember Paula? We took you to a doctor one time, and uh, i I can't remember what it was about i do what was it I about? was
3: having hot flashes, and i oh. couldn't understand it <laughs> and and I, I remember I That's said, when the
2: hot flashes started, yeah. Yeah, right that's
3: it? when the hot flashes first started, and I was like, Who I'm giving hot flashes, what is this all about and stuff and I was still my same old cheery person, but he gave me antidepressants. So I said to you when I left, was I depressed? I don't seem depressed. Why'd he give me antidepressants?
2: But yeah. see, he he prescribed the antidepressants without asking any questions, without asking us if that was something we wanted, mm-hmm. without any complaint of, of being depressed or yeah, discouraged.
3: Yeah. No, just hot. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, were, we... <laughs> you were funny in those early days of the hot flashes. It's like, whoo! you know, I've I lived with a woman who's been cold every day of her life and suddenly it was like covers off, air conditioning yeah. yeah. blasting, yeah. everything, and and. A little boss here. Yeah. A yeah. little boss here, let's be honest. Yeah. And driving a little faster when the high flashes isn't <laughs> come. But but, yeah, well. but that is a default position now. And they just gave doctors. me yeah. Just give us prescriptions. Uh-huh. We called what? the doctor here and asked him well, my doctor at the time said, well, what are these pills and why would why would Paula get these prescribed? And her answer was, Well, sadly, uh, Pastor Ron, that's what doctors do. They that's just, what they do. They, there's pressure on them to make people feel better, so that's what they do.
3: Yeah. We flushed some bad boys. Well, I crushed them up and put them down to garbage disposal, actually. And that was it. Because I took one at his office, because, you know, he said, like, okay. And then I got home and looked at him. and I was like, that's why I asked you, was I depressed? <laughs> so that was into end of that. So God showed off through that whole thing. And not saying that everybody has an easier time. Um, But, yeah, I was really trusting the Lord because it was a whole lot of days where I was driving the car and didn't know where I was going. You were the passenger. I didn't let you know. (laughs) (laughs) We live to tell it today. Praise the Lord. You know, yesterday I was at home listening to the radio show. I listen most always. But um, you have been talking for I don't know how long about, of course, the loss, the hurting, the hungry, broken, needed, confused. But you've been stuck on the hungry. And yesterday, your three callers right at the beginning, Stephanie, Jim, and Kate, um, were the hungry. I was like, oh, my goodness, we're going to talk about this Thursday. Um, Those who really want to know the Word of God by way of knowing Jesus more and more. And these have discernment and uh, wisdom Maybe I don't know because they're invested in their church so much. Maybe lacking a little courage to step away.
2: Um, I, I don't think it's courage, Paula. I think I think it, it's just that we know what the church dynamic is here. Like this is our family. Yeah, it is. And we're so deeply invested in these people, and they're invested in us. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like breaking off something that is such an important part of your life, yeah. and it's painful to consider. Yes, yeah, true. So okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's courage at all. I just think at some point their hunger for God is going to outweigh their sense of loyalty or their sense of belonging mm-hmm. to to a particular group. If in sure. fact they're not learning more about Jesus uh, at that place. Yeah,
3: it's it is hard to step away from a, a group like that. But to hear how hungry they all are, you know, one was a little disappointed in her. Church because they're not teaching correctly, and she has a really give, good gift of discernment. I'd love to meet her. Um, and then with with Jim, the same thing. You know, he he's listening to you on the radio, and that's where he's really getting fed. And, and you know, that's that's a good thing, but it's not the great thing. So I'm excited that people are wanting to be in their word and listening to this radio program, which is what you wanted kind of from the beginning that people will get those answers that they're looking for. And they're yeah. all found in God's word. And if you're not getting God's word at your church, um, that's that.
2: And, and you know, the, the, the great thing about the Bible is that it it's practical and logical. It's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Come, let us reason together, mm-hmm. the Lord says through Isaiah. Uh, uh, everything about our faith is reasonable. And and if you know who the Lord is, and I don't mean just know about Him, but I mean you really get to know Him, mm-hmm. then you learn how dependable, how trustworthy He is. And and if that's the situation, then in in our Bibles is the answer for every problem mm-hmm. that we're ever going to encounter in our life. Some are going to be addressed very, very specifically. Others are going to be addressed in general principle. And in the process of doing that, mm-hmm. what we learn is that... You know, well, that just makes sense. And and what I always wanted to do with this program, and I try to do it in my teaching as well, is I just wanted to make people know that I'm not preaching some unreachable ideal. This is just, here's what I'm going through. Here's what the Bible says I'm going to change. Mm -hmm. And we find out that Jesus is real. You don't have to just have goosebumps to believe all you have to do is, is just take what he said to you as a promise seriously, mm-hmm. hold on to it by faith, mm-hmm. and wait on the Lord, and you see his hand move so many times. You get to a place, finally, where you come up to the conclusion that, that you know what, not to trust him is silly. I might be terrified. Yeah. Don't know how it's going to happen, yeah. but he's done so much. He's how can so I much. not trust him now?
3: Know. You know, and, and talking about the hungry and them getting, wanting so much, you're also been, you've also been saying this, revival, revival. And so these same three people that I'm, I'm just mentioning, um, they're wanting to revival, and, man, they're going to be on fire. They're going to be the ones maybe heading up the revival that's coming. Those who want to know more about Jesus will be the ones who turn around and say, follow me, we're going to follow Jesus. And I'm excited. When I was when I listening to them, I was like, these are the ones
2: yeah, I was real surprised when Kay said, and 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 my screen says K A Y. Okay. You said you medicate. I medicate. K A T E. Uh-huh. But um, 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 I, I was I was shocked when she said, you know, I've been coming to church now for a month or so. I think mm-hmm. she said. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just thought, uh, you know, that that's the whole point of what we do. We want people to have the light sort of turned on, mm-hmm. and it helps them walk from those dark places, uh, that place of doubt. Uh, that place of uh, uh, even a misplaced sense of loyalty to a church um what we've got to be loyal about and loyal to is the truth we find that truth in our bible and the most exciting thing for me for all of those uh stephanie and kay and and jim Mm -hmm. uh, the most exciting thing is that these are the people that are going to have the answers for others who are going through difficult yep, things. Exactly. And I, I can't wait to see how the Lord uses yeah. them. I mean, it's a staggering thing to think that, that somebody, um, um, that, that the Lord is really giving that hunger to is now going to be a change agent mm-hmm. in the lives mm-hmm. of other people. Yeah. And that's how the body of Christ was always intended to work.
3: Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, I was at home going, woo, Yeah. Great questions. Good answers. and Great questions again. And, It just wouldn't stop. It was awesome. I love it. I'm I'm excited. Good Bible teacher, Pastor Ron. (laughs) With that passion for Jesus and his word and for truth. And people are like me. Uh, I I want more. I'm the hungry with with Stephanie, Jim, and Kay. I want more. And I've been, you know, trying to take more time in the word.
2: And see, I think the older you get, the longer you've been walking with Jesus, Mm -hmm. the hungrier you should become.
3: Okay, then I'm, I'm
2: right online. <laughs> hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the program. We'd love to have your calls and questions. 340 9585 or toll free 877 630 KSLR. You're listening to the word to stand on for life. We'll be back in two minutes.
1: back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh
2: welcome back to the last half hour of our program we'd love your live calls and questions 340-9585 paula now it's on you until people call
3: okay
2: it's Let
3: me just, your show just, just. Ramble on.
2: No, just put <laughs> no, on your heart.
3: You know, um, we were talking at breakfast uh, or after breakfast about um, controlling our emotions. And, you know, we had the caller or, or the question about being on meds. Well, most of us aren't on meds, but we still have anxiety. We still have anger. We still have fear, all that. So controlling our emotions is really a choice. And, and I told you my story. You know, we had a lady who... Uh, rear-ended us on the freeway. <laughs> and so uh,
2: for more, than It does like a year ago. That was, what, three weeks ago? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then I've been without my car for that whole time, you know, I and I just got my car back on Monday. So on Monday, I was kind of hating on that lady again because <laughs> <laughs> the place where I have to go pick up my car is about 40 minutes away on a, a part of town where I'm not real familiar or comfortable with. And so I was like all kind of having an attitude, and I said to myself, self, I'm sure the Holy Spirit said, <laughs> you need to get some control of yourself because you can either make this day bitter or better. And I just thought, well, the only person going to be in the car is me and, and the Holy Spirit with me. And so it's like, but I can ruin a whole lot of people's days with my attitude because I was a little upset with the lady who had hit me us, what, three weeks ago, because she's inconveniencing me, you know, <laughs> to go over here. And they had my car a little longer because they found more stuff that was wrong with it. So I had all these factors going through my head, and it was like the Holy Spirit said, bitter or better, better or better, baby, better or better. And I wanted to be better. So I was the whole time there, I'm praying, Lord, thank you that I was able to get a rental car. Thank you that I'm able to drive. Thank you, Lord, that my car is fixed. It's going to be like a brand new car. Even though the next day I'm going to be giving my car to Don and Sam because Brielle's graduating today, and they're going to use my car to go to California. So I'm going to get my car for less than twenty-four, but it's going to be better or better, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that
2: my car. It's a constant is, fight, isn't it?
3: Yes, that my car is in such good shape that it's safer for Sam and Don to go over there and pick up their baby and come back, and I'll get my car. You know. But, yeah, but it was a choice. And I could have let my anger, you know, frustration. i got a life. Why do I have to go over here 40 minutes one way? You know, I mean, I could have gone all over that. And yet I wanted to be better. And I had a really good day.
2: And and we could have found the body shop closer, but we wanted to use a guy that we knew from church and was a Christian, give them the business. So uh, that was a choice that we made in Mm -hmm. the process.
3: Yeah. But taking every thought captive. Yeah. And the thoughts were just bombarding me, and having to slow down and let the Lord help me, bitter or better, bitter or better. What are you going to choose? And I, I, it was, it was really a, a good time to be by myself and uh, have the Lord talk with me. And it was a good day. It turned out to be a good day.
1: You know,
2: Paula, we we talked about this earlier today, and. Um, one of the things I said is that, that we who are Christians, we need to be tougher than we are. Um, we, we're so easily swayed by how we feel or by what we see or the circumstances around us. And, and it's in those moments when the thoughts start, start coming, when the enemy starts attacking, when your flesh starts to gain, gain control... Uh, and, and those of us who are emotional, I'm not a particularly emotional guy, but we have so many people who are, and every day is going to be determined by how they feel. They're going to be determined by those emotions. Instead of making the connection that, you know what, I don't have to give in to my emotions today. How I feel is how I feel, but what I do with how I feel, your, your, your example is bitter or better. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, today can be a day where I melt. Or today can be a day where I honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do always is honor the Lord. One of the things that I pray for us every day as I go through the today of my own free will part of my prayer with the Lord is when I get to you and me and I'm holding your hand sort of figuratively and and um, I'm saying, Lord, let us finish our course um, bringing glory to you, always pleasing to you, putting a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Um I do that because I want to remind me that I have the choice to make. And when I'm feeling emotional about something or when somebody does something to me, instead of getting angry and giving in to that anger, uh, I can remember that, that I've chosen to serve Jesus today. And I, I promised this day to him. Mm-hmm. And we Christians don't do that. And so many of us, and here's, here's the benefit of, of, of being taught the Bible learning it yourself, and and being taught the Bible. Um, if we really don't know Jesus, we don't know how to grab hold of our emotions. If we know him, we know how silly it is to give in to our emotions, because there's so much better that's available to us. Um, all we have to do is cry out. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hoping that Christians will do is toughen up a little bit, and just realize that, hey, every day we're in a fight for our life. There's an enemy who wants to destroy us. There are people who are going to 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 um, do what they can to mess with us.
3: Mm-hmm. The guy in apartment 308? Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> the, the idea here is that we can choose um, to trust the Lord. We can choose to be influenced by him rather than be influenced by anything or anyone. And if we do that, then we get to experience the, the victory of God that we all so desperately want but don't know how to get. And those of us who give in to our emotions, those of us who who uh, have a great day one day because we're feeling good and then a horrible day the next day because we're not feeling good, um, you know what? We can normalize our walk with the Lord out so there's no highs, and no lows, just a, a consistent, faithful, fruitful walk with the Lord. We can't do that if we're always giving in to our emotions.
3: Yeah. yeah. So, just walking along with Jesus,
2: <clears throat> he
3: will, if you're <clears throat> practicing his presence, it's, he will keep you balanced. He will say, that's not really that big of a deal, you know, when you think about it. I mean, we've been talking with people who are going through horrendous things. I mean, not that we need to compare, but if we take a perspective check, the little stuff that we go through is nothing. Not not to belittle anybody who's going through something, but when you take a step back, and like for me, being all upset that I have to drive 40 minutes to go pick up my car that's basically new. I mean, how silly is that? Uh, that I was inconvenienced. I mean, really, Paula? There's people who would love to be able to get into a car and drive somewhere, and they're stuck in bed. You know what I mean? If you just start thinking with a better perspective than just self, I think that's the problem. It's all about, it's so self-centered that that's what causes the problem.
2: And what I say all the time, I say that uh, if you spend a lot of time with you, you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. But if you spend a lot of time with Jesus, you're going to be fruitful. And you're going to be joyful. And that's the difference. And it really is that easy of an adjustment to make. The problem is that when our emotions get involved, we're used to getting satisfaction that we feel. That's why we lash out at other people. That's why you hold on to unforgiveness. And then when that happens, well, we've just given the enemy a highway to destroy us. And so these things then take on a life of their own. We have um, listeners to this show and Um, many sit in churches every week who um, are slaves to their emotions, uh, slaves to their circumstance. Jesus has set us free from the need to be slaves to anything except righteousness. And remember, the enemy's goal, if you are slave to your emotions, the enemy's goal is to get you to walk away from Jesus in the process. And uh, I don't want, I'm getting old, I don't want, the enemy to steal one day. And so I've got to remind myself every day, all day, that that doesn't matter what happens, doesn't matter what I'm going through, I'm with Jesus today. And that makes this a good day. That's not a fake it till you make it Mm-mm. attitude. That's just a, a being transformed by the renewing of your mind attitude every single day. And if we'll do that, people's lives will change. And it starts with the word of God, it starts with a passionate relationship with Jesus. Uh, the more you hang around him, the better things are going to be.
3: I agree. I agree. You said in Luke uh, 13 the other day that in verse 32, the, one of my notes says, nothing anybody can do to us should keep us from doing the work calls us to do. And that's what you're talking about, no matter how you feel or what you're going through. You have determined, like Jesus, to set your face as Flint, that remembering that God is for you. And this is what what I, I like. He will help you finish your course. And so if we just set our mind, look, better with Jesus. He's got a day planned out for me. I can let this little thing upset that, or I can keep myself focused. Lord, you know about this. And what else? Because when I get there, I might have an opportunity to, Witness to somebody. And I miss it if I'm too self focused. I got to see his son, uh, Gilbert's son, when I got to the place. And what a blessing, you know, just to be able to see him. He's tall and handsome.
2: Grown man now.
3: Grown, yeah. (laughs) Just to see him and just, you know, if I would have gone in there with an attitude like, give him my car, I got to get a car, I got all this thing to do. And, you know, the Lord said, "Just calm down." And you know, I was just able to be there and had a really sweet little visit with with Gilbert and Trevor.
2: You know, Paula, the we miss
3: um, out is what I was going to say. Yeah. We miss out if we don't stop and, and consider Jesus.
2: Our Bible says that He is, and and you know, in Hebrews, we we are told to consider Jesus mm-hmm. a couple of times. But it also says that He is the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. And I think far too many of us live our lives as though, yeah, he's the author, but it's up to me to finish it. yeah, well. And then we're condemned and we do guilt and we feel terrible about ourselves because we don't finish very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't finish my race. You can't finish yours. Um, Jesus promised to do it. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, Paul writes Mm -hmm. to the church at Philippi. So if we're trying to finish it, in our own strength, what we learn very quickly is that we have no strength. And if we have no strength, we're going to fail. And all we need to do is remember that it's not up to us, it's up to Him. All I have to do is be with Him and let Him do the work. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. And yet we... Don't we try to prove Him wrong? Yeah. All the time. (laughs) So I think whether it's the anxiety from the first half of the show or whether it's any of these other issues that we've been talking about today, I think what we need to do is just sit back and say, Jesus, I'm going to mess up if I give in to my emotions. Uh, I'm going to mess up if I try to figure out what's the right thing to do or what makes sense to do. Mm-hmm. So how about I just hang with you and you take me wherever it is that you've prepared for me to go?
3: Mm, that's kind of like your study last night. You know, you said, you can take the people out of Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of the people unless they... Yeah, and
2: Egypt, the type of the, the type world of the world, the Yes,
3: yes. Uh, but it said, you know, talking about uh, Egypt, I mean, uh, it's going down to the world for help, you know. And I wrote myself a, a note, because I, I do that a lot. <laughs> I said, God, help me remember to ask you first. Not to turn to the world, not even turn to you, Ron. You know, um, I I wrote myself another note that says, Paula, you need not be trapped by the world's attractions. You know, we can go along and squirrel, squirrel, because, you know, sometimes the the path that the Lord has us on, you talked about suffering at the end. Who wants to suffer? Not really. So if I can escape the suffering, I'm going to look to the left to the right. And the Lord said, "No, no, no! I want you to follow me. I got a plan. Um, but help me remember to ask you first, Lord. Is this your way? As we heard, um, this is the way walking it. And He will let you know. You know, yeah. This is the way I want you to go. It's not going to be easy, and um, you are going to be vulnerable. You know, I have that that vision of mine where I'm I'm walking with Jesus." And we're in the desert, and there's scorpions and snakes out there, you know. And I got on sandals. (laughs) And I'm asking him, do you see this here? (laughs) And he just says, well, you're not getting bit, right? So I'm good. But I need not be trapped by the world's attractions. And, you know, that making sense, doing what makes sense instead of asking Jesus, always gets me in trouble Um, and that you know you said God usually bails us out but we're always a little damaged and have a little bit of shame and disgrace and it's not ever going to work out my way. Mm-hmm. And man there's been some shame and disgrace and embarrassment where I have to come back and say man I am so sorry please yeah. forgive me. I think
2: that, and, and our phone number if you have any calls or comments on this part of our program 3409585 I think, uh, Paula, the the comment that I made last night that really hit home in my heart was one that said, look, we have been, just like God's people in Isaiah chapter 30, we've been rescued from Egypt. Mm -hmm. We've been rescued. Why run back to that which we've been rescued from? And we Christians do that all the time, you know, not only do what makes sense, uh, there's a lot of pressure from the world that we live in to do what makes sense. Mm -hmm you got to have a plan. You've got to know this. And you gotta Instead of saying, you know what? My plan is to walk with Jesus every day. Now, the world will laugh at you for that and make fun of you. But the truth is there's no more secure plan on planet Earth than simply to walk with Jesus every single day. And when we, what we politely call backsliding, when we fall into sin, we've run to the world. Egypt is always spoken of as going down to Egypt. When we turn back to the world, we're going down. Mm -hmm. And that's the place where we pick up shame. I mentioned Abraham yesterday, you know, there was a famine uh, in Israel. And so uh, Abraham heard that there was grain in Egypt. So without ever consulting God, we're going to Egypt. There's food there. So I'm a man. I got to feed my family. I got to feed the people. So he went to Egypt without consulting God. He went down. And not only did he fall into sin, that was the first occasion of trying to give away his wife, passing her off as his sister because she was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But but he also came back from Egypt with something that would play a huge role in yeah. his life later, the slave woman, Hagar. Yeah. And, you know, that's when we, we come from, back from Egypt, there's always some damage, there's always some some shame. Um, But the point is we've been rescued from the world. Why run back to the world? And yet that's what we're told to do. And again, one of the reasons Paul, I'm so passionate about, about rightly dividing the word of God is because these false teaching churches, in particular, the prosperity churches, the name it and claim it churches, that God wants everybody to be healed churches. um, You know, that's just pandering to our flesh. That's, Egypt, that's the world, instead of looking at a realistic view of what the scriptures are saying, look, affliction happens, affliction is a great teacher, um, we'd rather not deal with it, but when we do, he's promised to be there with us, he's not promised to deliver us out of it, he's promised to deliver us through it, and when that happens, we look back And we know him so much better. Paul called that sharing in the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings.
3: And then we're able to better comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received. We have a a depth of compassion that we would not otherwise have had.
2: Um, Jesus was prepared for his ultimate ministry through suffering. He was a man acquainted with grief, a man of sorrows. Um, he why,
3: learned from that which he suffered. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. Why should we expect it would be different from us?
3: The consequences you were talking, saying, and I, you know, I underline this: the consequences of us turning from God. You know, the walls we build up and the 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 towers that we think we have that we can escape from. You know, punishment. Uh, It'll all suddenly come crashing down. You know, maybe maybe somebody has um, decided, well, I know what God really wants me to do, but this is the career path I've chosen for myself. And doesn't the enemy let you seem like he just kind of helps you to succeed? Mm-hmm. You know, and the Lord's watching the whole time, like, oh, my baby, my baby, that's going to come crashing down just tomorrow. and You have no idea. Um, but... That, you know, you said that we are free to make horrible choices, but we're never free to escape the consequences. And the enemy's deception ability is strong. I
2: hate him.
3: <laughs> Just hate him. We're so, but see, we play his, into his hand, yeah, though, don't that's we? That's his
2: job, Paul. I
3: know. Oh, And, you know, even as Christians, you know, but what's wrong with smoking a little marijuana? It's legal now, you know. We had a... That's what Jay was telling us a story of uh, of a guy that he knows who's a police officer, and yet the police officer's kids are walking around with T shirts with marijuana plants, you know, on uh, on the front. It's like, what do you? What's up with that? We we do see the The, world, same the thing. world
2: doesn't even see any hypocrisy. In
3: this. <laughs> I know. It's that's amazing. so wow. But our problems will happen because we forget. Even Christians, we forget. You know. Like you were saying last night, he's holy. we got people coming to church all the time. They know they're sleeping around. They're not married. And that they come in here and just big smiles on their faces. And praise the Lord for uh, quite a few of us that have those, like, kind of a radar. Maybe because we were there one time. We got a radar to say, God, wants better for you? You know, let me help you find Jesus in this. Why are you here at church? You know it's the right place to be. You know what's right to do. And sometimes I'll look right at the girls and say, You don't know your value. And he's standing right there. You don't know your value. That's why you're just giving your mind, your heart, your body for free. Because you don't know your value. And so I hope I'm saying something to somebody. Don't just let Jesus love you, let him tell you that you are not a mistake. He has formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb, whether that was a good mom or not, for his good purpose. And uh, he wants you to know your value. He died for you. And then he didn't stay dead so he can walk beside you each and every day to say, oh, beautiful you are, my darling. Um, You have some consequences, yeah, because you made some mistakes. But I'm going to walk with you through them. And if you give your life to me, when you get to heaven, you won't remember any of that. I'm just... You know what, Ron? I want to encourage women in particular, but I want to encourage everybody to let Jesus love them, and then they'll all know their value. And then maybe some of those guys, because they're so hurting and so angry, they won't be so
2: hurting. And so- you know, Paula, there's this, it's just an impossibility that that any woman at any age. Who knows how loved they are by God? Knows the value that He's placed on their lives. They simply wouldn't give their bodies to somebody who is not their husband. Um, they they simply wouldn't settle for less than that. And uh, that's a topic for another program. We're inside four minutes now for for our program today. But um, maybe down the road we have we ought to talk about the 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 epidemic of unequally yoked dating in the church and and uh, uh, pastor's kids who are dating unsaved people and, and thinking, well, wait a minute, don't you understand how much you're loved by God? Don't you understand that he writes these things to you for you? Not, not because he wants you to, to, to have a boring life. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to, to make sure you have no fun. Mm-hmm. What he wants is to do that which is best for you, and we don't really understand that in our church culture. Well, we've got uh, we're inside three minutes. What what are some things coming up, or what do you want to? Share oh, yeah, in your heart I with want
3: to things? say congratulations to Brielle. She's graduating from Bible College today. Um, and then uh, pray for the Calvary Chapel Christian Academy kids. Uh, kids everywhere because this is the last week of school, and I think the last week of school for teachers, kids, and parents. Pretty rough to stay focused. You know, <laughs> they're ready to be done. And then also for Rocio and a group of the ladies from Calvary Chapel San Antonio who have gone down to Calvary Chapel Reynosa to do uh, a women's retreat. And the reason why so many of us couldn't go is we have a lot of graduation stuff going on and we couldn't make the trip. But uh, Rocio has taken uh, several ladies and they're going to uh, bless Calvary Chapel Reynosa with yeah. a teaching and a skit and have a good time. I'm playing. So anyway, and I love you.
2: Okay, you still have two minutes. I
3: still have two minutes? Yeah, no.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, we're, we're just oh, oh, almost in our final minute. Paula, we've got a ladies' luncheon or a ladies' conference or something coming up mm-hmm. in the not-too-distant future.
3: But before that, we have Sweet Summer Devotions oh, starting right. June 3rd. Thank you so much for that. And um, June 3rd, Sweet Summer Devotions, the, the uh, theme is Shining Stars. Those who bring the Word of God will shine like stars and lead many to Christ. And so, get ready. (laughs) It's going to be happening.
2: Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then.